your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to this special crossover episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Panthers. Yes, uh, we figured there's only two teams that can do this. A number one seed crossover, the number one seed in the West, obviously the Colorado Avalanche, number one seed in the West, the newly minted Florida Panthers. <laughs> so uh, welcome. This is going to be fun. I am Chris Maselli, and he is Kyle Sullivan from Locked On Avalanche and Armando Velez from Locked On Florida Panthers. A lot to get to uh, because I think if you're to, you were to kind of pull a lot of people and I think that the, the, the Stanley cup matchup that everyone is going to write down, like if this is like the NCAA bracket, I think, you know, just those people that go chalk to use the term uh, would put Florida and Colorado in the Stanley cup final. And I think a lot of people were doing that at the start of the season. And it's kind of worked out to where these are the top two teams in the league. They've secured the number one seeds. So Armando, I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, what do you think? Is, is this going to end up the way? Are we going to have a, a, a repeat of that oh-so-great Stanley Cup matchup between mm. these two of yesteryear? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I didn't live through it, unfortunately. Uh, only three years old during the 96 final. Um, oh, you lived through it. That counts. Yeah, that so counts. <laughs> at least mem- memory-wise, but... Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a cool storyline um, based on based on both uh, teams. Just the Panthers coming around in '93, the Colorado Avalanche relocating from Quebec, um, and two very young teams going at it at the time. Just could only imagine um, emotionally living through it. And of course, I've seen throwback videos of uh, the Miami Arena being packed, uh, and just the how when there is a winner in South Florida the fans will come and there is a, there is a moment in time where even though, even though the Marlins won the world series the year after Dan Marino's era was uh, coming almost to an end, Pat Riley arrives with the heat. There's the Florida Panthers of 1996 um, just on, on what it seemed to be from what a lot of people said, an an improbable run. I mean, you think about, um, about even advancing to the, Stanley Cup final beating uh, Pittsburgh in seven games at the time. Of course, the Bill Lindsay iconic goal in, in, in overtime against Boston um, to, to get this team to, to advance to the next round. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, uh, and that's the last time they won a, a playoff series. I mean, them and the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only two really? franchises that haven't won a playoff I, series since the 04 05 lockout. So only I two. I didn't even pay attention to that. Wow. I mean, I'm not, you know, the teams that we follow is, you know, in the completely different conference. So it's not something that I kind of like pay attention to all the time, but that's pretty crazy. Uh, I think your chances are pretty good this year, but the East is, is pretty stacked, man. Um, I guess talk on that. Like what, what are the teams that you're really like maybe not looking forward to playing? Um, I don't, well, the teams that you are looking forward to playing, I don't need to know about that. Kind of want to know about, (laughs) You know, the, you if you guys make it to the cup final, like you might be bruised and battered because it is going to be a gauntlet to get through the East. And it's and by no, and that, that's the best thing about the, the NHL playoffs is 
anybody can be beaten any given day. We say that about all sports, but it's especially true for the NHL. So mm-hmm. in the East, what are you guys going to have to go through? And, and obviously they're capable of doing it, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. It, it won't be whatsoever. I'm, I mean, this Florida Panthers team is three wins away from um, getting to 60 wins, which is just two off of what Tampa Bay just did a few years ago. But of course, we all know what happened that year with uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Sergey Bobrovsky and company doing that. But with people, we can all say the same thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning um, versus the Toronto Maple Leafs matchup in round one. That's more than likely going to happen. They might be beat up before going against the Panthers, but whoever gets out of that series will earn, will earn their matchup for the Panthers. And I can say the same thing for the Panthers going through that gauntlet of an Eastern conference. I mean, it's looking more day to day that they're going to face the Washington Capitals in round one. Um, the goaltending for Washington doesn't really scare me, um, but of course they have that those those top that those top the top six of Washington is still really good. The bottom six is still um, not not where a lot of people like them, but I think it's still a very favorable matchup for the Florida Panthers. And of course, getting through the hurdle of what is the Tampa Bay Lightning, I I think I think even though. Toronto has Omaius. I think uh, Tampa Bay is still favored to win that series. Um, I, I think tra- Tampa Bay would come out of that. And I think it's going to be another battle of Florida. And just like last season, um, when these two faced in the first round, a lot of people think whoever wins that series could advance to the Stanley Cup final. But there's one team on the other side in the Metropolitan that scares me the most out of all the Metropolitan teams. That's the New York Rangers. Um, yeah. And it, sneaky, it's just sneaky team. <laughs> there are they have the be, the probably the best goaltender in, in the world right now. Um, Vasilevsky is um, number one, and then Shesterkin is is behind there. Sorokin is there as well. Um, but if you don't if you don't give the New York Rangers uh, on the man advantage, um, I like their chances. But that power play unit of the New York Rangers is, is just really good. Chris Carter is having an, an, an incredible season. Mm-hmm. Looks like Alexi Lafreniere is uh, starting to fit into the lineup more. Um, Frank Vitrano has been playing top six minutes in, in a trade that was really a, um, a, a to acquire an asset to get more. But that is the one team that, on the other side that really scares me the most, that the Florida Panthers, for me, uh, I'd, I'd feel a little uneasy going against them if they were to make it to the conference final. Yeah. Andrew Kopp was a good pickup too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing well. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, when it comes to the Florida Panthers as a whole, like if you look at the trajectory both the Avalanche and the Panthers have made over the past couple of years, it's kind of similar. Uh, you have your your stacked top line and depth pieces added, and a lot of homegrown talent. And both teams are really riding goalies that other teams have given up on. And you mentioned Bob in his run with Columbus um, there's been some times where the narrative with the goalie position in Florida is still unsettled where it's been the Darcy Kemper show in Colorado and they kind of feel confident in that do you feel confident in the goalie tandem that you're going to be bringing into the playoffs when it comes to like a potential matchup with the Rangers? Um, if, if they can, if they can uh, get, if, if it's a close game late and they control possession, sure. I, I, I'm, I'm very confident that they'll be able to uh, continue to attack until they're able to get through. Um, 
it's happened plenty of times this season. We've seen it against James Reimer, former Panther. We've seen it against uh, Martin Jones as well. We've also seen it against um, Igor Shosturkin twice, uh, once in a losing effort. Um, the first two matchups between the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers, they got six goals in, in the third period combined in both of those games. One of them was too little too late, being down 4 nothing in November. The other time was to uh, come back and, and win, which the Florida Panthers uh, have 28 comeback wins, the most in the NHL. Um, they've had, they've done it five times where it's been a four goal lead, um, excuse me, a three goal lead of five times. So it's, it's been a really, uh, it's, it's been, this team has felt gone through so much adversity. We're talking about coaching change. We're talking about a Aaron Eckblad coming out again for, for a leg injury, the opposite leg of what it was last year too. And Bobrovsky, his numbers um, are, at least his regular season numbers, are looking very close to what they were in Columbus in his final season there. So it's like looking into that upward trajectory to where Bob is versus his first two seasons. I mean, and Colorado, I mean, look look at what 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 they're doing. They 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 don't pay um they don't pay a Vesna Trophy finalist in Philip Grubauer and look at the seasons he's having mm-hmm. in Seattle. Bring in Darcy Kemper. You you trade for a first round pick uh to to get a Darcy Kemper. Of course, injury injury has been a um, the injury um, bug has been uh, not in his favor mm-hmm. um this year, but but still the the fact that they can stay still play defensively sound hockey in front of him too. I mean, Kale McCarr is not likely not going to win the north but um there's a, still a chance that he could he's still up there last for me last team but still um the 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 defensive core there is still still plays uh well in front of the goalie and they were right by letting um grubauer walk and of course that helped them pave the way to pay their captain gabriel landeskog which i want to ask you yeah. um what what's um what's the status of uh gabriel landeskog's injury and how's he looking uh, we, we, well, when he went in for surgery, we were told they'd like to have him back by the playoffs. And we kind of took that as, uh, all right, maybe like the last week of the season to get a couple games under his belt before the playoffs start. Um, he'll be back. Um, it's the last week of the season and he's not back yet. <clears throat> and there's, hasn't been really much word on it. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if Kyle has, but. Um, I, I think we're, I mean, if, if he gets any games in, in the regular season, I think that's a plus, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just a gut feeling. I don't think it's happening. I, I think if he's coming back, it's going to be unfortunately in the playoffs. And that's when he's going to have to work the rust off is, uh, that first <laughs> round. I don't, I don't know if you think any differently, Kyle, but that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah. I think the consensus amongst avalanche fans has been that optimism that you want Gabriel Landeskog to come back in this little home stretch that you get um, right before we wrap up the season because you've seen Bowen Byram come back from injury be a little slow, Samuel Girard come back from injury be a little bit slow, and you don't want Gabriel Landeskog's first appearance to be in the playoffs, which could be against Dallas. Um, you don't want him catching his legs with playoff hockey, especially with like a knee surgery. That's something you want to like where nothing's on the line, garbage time, let him kind of get acclimated to the game again and then hit the playoffs as close to 100% as you could get. But with every passing game, you know, Avalanche fans kind of worry a little bit. But 
Yeah, you're not really hearing much out of the Avalanche no. on when he's coming back, but he's coming back. We know that for sure. Yeah, I think for the Avs, you know, they're down Miko Rantanen. They're they're down Landeskog. They're down Devon Taves. Um, and Kyle and I were talking for yesterday's episode. Like, if all they are missing come playoff time is Gabe Landeskog, I think Avs fans will, will take that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you noticed, Armando, it's been a rough go of it the past uh, <laughs> few days for the mm-hmm. Avalanche. And you can pinpoint the reasons why. And, and you can kind of say, like, those guys that are out would correct those problems that we are currently having. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we want them back. And, and I think that's the way it's going to go. I think the Avs will be relatively, uh, I'll say, 99% healthy with that 1% being the Gabe Landis guy that, that's not around. But I think everybody else should is on track to be back by the playoffs, which they absolutely need. But I want to talk about that, sir, and this President's Trophy, which uh, is up for grabs still. I know you guys have the inside track on it right now. Uh, but you made, you made a comment before we hit record and I want to press you on that. Uh, but I want to talk about hello fresh and then we'll get to that. Uh, so hello fresh and with hello fresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips at the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kits. You get farm fresh seasonal produce. And easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week. So they are always they always arrive fresh, all without the trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. So go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use the promo code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, it's HelloFresh.com slash Locked on 16 and the promo code is locked on 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. I can't keep saying 16. It's just like 16, 16. It's like, if I say it too many times, I think what's, what's, what was the mirror thing that we did when we were kids? Uh, You'll be bringing like the 16 version of Beetlejuice. It's like a Ouija board I'm (laughs) saying over here. So yeah. Uh, But hellofresh.com. Awesome service. Go check it out. All right. Uh, President's trophy and you know, I don't know. Like I, I would love to have it. I know it's one of those things that there's a, there's a, there's a side of a fan base. that's like, don't want it too much pressure. Um, and then the other side is like, definitely want it. Cause I want that home ice. Uh, the abs, ha- you know, they had it in their grasp and well, I want to ask you this, have the Panthers had a four game losing streak all season? If you can remember off the top of your head, have they had? Have they lost? I know they've had a three. I, um, on the top of my head, they had a three-game home losing streak in the middle of uh, February. Um, but, what from what I remember, okay. um, they, so they had, had at least they, three. yes, they have had a they on the top of my head, they have had a, a four-game losing streak in November. Um, it was a it was Sergey Bobrovsky getting hurt. Um, and it was a trip to Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, and okay. the New York Rangers um, cool. in that same trip. Well, so. that's not going to make Avs fan feeling better because it was in November. <laughs> so. If you did that in maybe January, February, I think that might make Avalanche fans. See, they can do it, too. I mean, they yeah. did it, but it was early in the year. <laughs> Where it's happening for the Avs right now uh, has a, a, a section of Avalanche fans kind of in hysterics. Some are it's not a big deal because they are down those guys that I mentioned before. Um, and Jared Bednar is kind of piecing together different lines and combinations and seeing how things work. And 
they, you know, he's been doing that for a little while. They've won games while he's doing that. And mm-hmm. they, they just haven't played well in these, these, these past four games. You guys had a nice run of 13 games in a row. One um, just lost to Tampa. And so, I mean, but you're still up in the overall points. And where do you sit in all of that with the president's trophy? Which side of the fence are you on? Do you want it and, and be guaranteed that home ice for the duration? Or are you standoffish and like, not necessarily you don't want it, but it's okay if we don't get it. I, I'm on the ladder um, the, um, of that. Um, magic number is three for the Panthers to clinch the president's trophy. Um, for me, um, I think I think it should be about worrying about one round at a time for these Panthers um, because there's no guarantee um, that even if you don't get it, that Colorado makes it to the Stanley Cup final, even though they're even though they should. Um, I, just like the loss against Tampa Bay, after losing that game, some of the same issues that went from last year's um, playoffs, like giving up a lot of power play goals, three to be exact, um, gave up a shorthanded goal as well, and you know. I was annoyed um, a little bit, but then I, I thought about this. My mindset was this, forget about Tampa Bay. And, and here's what I mean by that. You have a first round series to take care of first before you can even think about meeting up with them in the second round. Same thing with the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Forget the Avalanche for now. <laughs> Worry about them if you get to the Stanley Cup final. And for the Panthers, their next three matchups, um, the way Boston's looking right now in the standings, they are three points ahead of the second wild card spot, but also three points behind the last, the th- the third spot in the Atlantic. So I don't know what Boston's kind of what kind of lineup Boston is going to put out there. They beat the Rangers the other day. They got shut out by um, Pittsburgh, which put a really big dent um, into the wa- wa- the last spot in the Metro for Pittsburgh and uh washington so pittsburgh has multiple multiple opportunity multiple different matchups that they could possibly have in, the, right. in round one but um so many there are so many other important matchups on tuesday night that says more about the playoff picture than florida boston on tuesday i mean we have vegas golden knights versus dallas stars that's a very very important one pittsburgh versus edmonton um as well as the race for the art ross for Connor mcdavid and jonathan huberto as well so there's a lot of um, more important ones on that one, but we also don't know what um, what um, Boston is going to put out there. Of course, yeah. um, the the play that gave up the shorthanded goal, Barkov uh, got beat, but it, I don't know if it was like for effort or not. But Barkov did not skate to his fastest um, when uh, when the Tampa Bay Lightning cleared the puck and Brandon Hagel got got the puck and 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 beat him beat him to it, which resulted in a shorthanded goal by foot. But uh, the Panthers. So- Think about this. They yeah. can go one, two, and oh in the next three games. And if the Colorado Avalanche go two, oh, and one, the Florida Panthers still win the President's Trophy. And their next three games are Boston, which they've won um, two out of the three. Uh, the first one was uh, the, the the first one was an um, overtime loss in okay. Boston, a shootout loss, excuse me. Um, Montreal, they haven't lost all year. They've dominated that series. And with the exception of one game versus auto, which was the start of a COVID um, spread in December, they lost eight to two in that one. But the other times, the one of them was via a comeback against Ottawa. So even if they put half a lineup out 
or even rest some guys, I don't think they should have a hard time taking care of the Montreal Canadiens and possibly the Ottawa Senators, or maybe even at least getting a point in those uh, matchups. I'll see your Montreal Canadiens and raise you a Seattle Kraken, which <laughs> somehow the Colorado Avalanche lost to in this four-game skid. Panthers uh, got swept by them, by the Kraken this year. Who did? The, the Kraken swept the Panthers this year, too. <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. We got uh, the Coyotes did that to us. Yeah. Well, they didn't sweep. I mean, well, they you know, didn't, we, we struggled. We struggled against the, the the Coyotes this year. Definitely struggled. Uh, but I know I, I'll let you go, Kyle. But I, I think you know, just knowing that at least you have your conference home games, and then whatever. If you make it, if if you don't get that President's Trophy. Uh, and you make it to the cup final, man, you just take your chances, you know, yeah. and you just got to win one game and then you, 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 you shift it. So, yeah, I will say I want a game seven on home ice, but, but right. Exactly. But if it's the, if Andrew Burnett has always uh, described it as a bonus getting the president's trophy. Right. And that's where I'm at. Um, I don't really believe in the whole superstition of if you, um, if you, um, if you win the president's trophy, you don't win the cup. I know there's that thing for the 2015 yes. black, um, the, the, 2013 Blackhawks in that shortened season. But there's also um, when you were talking about the, the skid that the Colorado Avalanche are on right now, um, the Chicago Blackhawks in, in one of their years that they won the Stanley Cup, I think it was 2015. They lost like three straight games in a row at the end of the regular season. They ended up winning the cup. It's true. So, and Tampa's done the same thing recently as well. So, yeah, you, you just don't like going into the postseason kind of, you know, losing more games than you're winning. But yeah, go ahead, Kyle. And with the reason, like, the President's Trophy should mean something a little bit more to maybe, like, your Tampas, your Chicago's, when they were going after it. Like, for where both of our organizations have come from, like, literally, we had the peaks in the 90s. And then, honestly, the basement for both of us, both Colorado and Florida. And it's just one more thing to add to this story. Like, we're on a collision course for the Stanley Cup. Let's Let's just be honest here. Like, on paper... These two teams, especially like in our matchups, we've already played against each other head to head. Like these two teams, it's like it's a stalemate. Like the way they're constructed, everything about these two teams, they mirror each other. Mm-hmm. And the President's Trophy for either Florida or Colorado is just one extra thing. Like, yes, we were beginning wire to wire. We were the best team in the league. We won the President's Trophy. We have that home ice. And when you go to the cup and you redeem the organization, for all of the like really bad years we've gone through, it's just one more thing. Like we were the best team all year and we have the cup to prove it. It's just one more added thing to the narrative that both of these teams are writing right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it makes, it makes for a good story as, as well when you, when you get to look back at it, but, and going back to Andrew Burnett in a press conference, he said that the president's trophy is something that you look at years in advance you don't um, that he's just not worried about it in the then and now that you could just look up and say wow what a great team right and and even though even though the goal is to win the stanley cup even if you don't and you're looking like 15 20 years from now you're looking that it's like at one point they were really um that this team was really going going for it and that they had that they were in contention and it tells people even generations who haven't been weren't born into watching a said team going to um being a contender that 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 says that that also 
that uh, that's also a time to like story tell too like it's like yeah. like the even 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 if the tampa bay lightning didn't win those back-to-back stanley cups it makes for a story not a good mm-hmm. story for their 2019 that people can talk about hey this president's trophy um win um it tells for a story good or bad mm-hmm. yeah um i want to talk about like you know award season and stuff like that and um, you mentioned the Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi thing. Uh, by the way, you're dead wrong on that. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be close. Uh, but you, I mean, you know where our allegiance lies. But I, what, what is the, you know, for the heart, you know, you're always going to have Connor McDavid in there. And now he's set a, a personal record for, for points in a season. Um, you know, is, is Huberto in there? Is, is that? Is is the McDavid and Huberto kind of like what the the Yossi and Makar award is for best defenseman? Like you 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 feel? I'm sure I know where your allegiance lies. Um, should he get it? And or is is McDavid his only? Uh, you know the, the other the other horse in that race, or is is you know I think the Shesterkin kind of heart has gone gone away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that going to going to play out? Is that kind of similar to what we're going through with Makar and Yossi? I'm, I'm kind of getting that. Here's how I see it when it comes to the heart. Um, I think voter fatigue is going to kick in for, with Connor McDavid. Good. Um, so let's say Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross and John Huberto falls just short. There's another guy there by the name of Austin uh, Matthews. Austin Matthews. Yeah, I know. That, it, and the fact is, here's the facts. <laughs> Goals are sexier than assists. Sure. That That's just the truth. And I, I hate it for Jonathan Huberto that he's having just this much of a breakout season, the most points in Florida Panthers history, the most assists by a left winger in NHL history. And he's three away from breaking the assist record for wingers in general. Like all like he's going to he, like three away from passing Yarmir Yager, what he did in 1996. And that 96 team beat Yarmir Yager in the conference final too. So that's the kind of history that Jonathan Huberto is making, but of course, goals are sexier. What what Austin Matthews is doing, the voters are gonna, of course, favor favor Matthews, and of course, a number one overall pick playing in the largest market in in the NHL too. Austin Matthews has that advantage. But if Jonathan Huberto wins the Art Ross, it's gonna increase his chances a lot more, and that's why I've been campaigning so much for Huberto. I'm 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 campa- campaigning for it, but every national podcast I've listened to, not just locked on um, of our fellow colleagues, but outside of it, everyone's, everyone's talking more Matthews than Huberto. I mean, Matthews has gotten the, the uh, EA NHL cover what two out of three years. I mean, so nope. we're done with him. Like that, that's his award, right? He doesn't need to get the heart on top of all of that. <laughs> Come on now. Um, and, and how you're saying, like, you feel bad for Huberto because there's always something else that happens that kind of prevents him from, you know, achieving like awards like that for Avalanche fans. It's it's head coach of the year. There's always something that yeah. happens that prevents Jared Bednar from getting kind of like that recognition um, that's outside of, well, you have like this elite team with all of this talent on there. He shouldn't get it. And I kind of fight against that and say like well no you still have to coach that talent mm-hmm. it's not you know there's, there's a lot of ego going around on that team and and you need to like kind of keep it all tight and, and play the system he does mm-hmm. a very good job at that 
the year he should have won it, he didn't because like he had the, one of the one of the best turnarounds in, in sports history where the Avalanche were a dumpster fire. And the very next year they make the playoffs. He didn't win it because the Vegas Golden Knights came into existence and make the Stanley Cup final. So, exactly. Now this year you had the whole situation that you had down there with Joel Quinville and the whole uh, Chicago Blackhawks thing. And, you know, Andrew Burnett takes over and it's like, they don't miss a beat. So I kind of feel like that's where, you know, head coach of the year is going because of that whole story. And I don't want to take away from that because that, I mean, you guys could have went downhill fast because even though, you know, your team had nothing to do with what happened where Quinville was in Chicago, that's a big, uh, you know, undertaking to take this team and say, Hey, just let, let's keep, you know, keep with the system. And he's done that. Do you feel mm. like he's got that under lock and key as far as coach of the year goes? I wouldn't say so. I think he's up there in the top five. That's for sure. But there's a guy up in Alberta by the name of Daryl Sutter um, and what he's doing up there with that, with that team. Um, of course, um, the Calgary flames don't make the playoffs last year in the Canadian division. And then they, and then they, um, they're now division champions out there in the, in the Pacific. So um, Daryl Sutter is definitely an honorable mention. Of course, Jargalant yeah. again for the, I know, for, yeah. of the Rangers. That's, I mean, former Panthers head coach. I mean, the, they, he got fired for still philosophical differences. Of course, there's that famous uh, picture of him exiting in a taxi cab outside of Raleigh. So, so there, that's definitely, that's definitely one that, 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 is challenging yeah. uh, Andrew Burnett for the, for the um, Jack Adams award. Good be. Um, all right. Why don't we get to rock auto and then um, kind of focus on the playoffs. Some questions I want to ask you in the playoffs. So go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Rock, rock auto. And with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to access all the, uh, the, I don't have the ad read in front of me with the ever increasing oh. numbers of makes and models it is now impossible for you to order the parts on their computer, choosing only the warehouse, their, their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com and home and in your pocket. Now that tab just open. There you go. Why spend 30, 50, even hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto has is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about Spox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And with that ad read, guys, it was like in the middle of like loading yeah. on my screen. It's like, <laughs> please say this first part right before it loads. And, you know, it just yeah. goes to show that we're uh, we're, we're human here. Yep. And even though we're podcasters, so it's like Florida Internet down there, right? It's... Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, there's a there's also a different uh, aquifer up here when it comes to our water. And people uh, people say jokes about Disney when it comes to like our water, that's like not safe for work to say on this podcast. But, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, quickly before we discuss playoffs and all that, have you ever, have you noticed like kind of the trends with the Panthers and the avalanche when it comes to like drafting and like, kind of like their yes. dog years? Um, yeah. Well, I, I know they did like, they took Miko right before uh, the Panthers pick and um, Lawson McKinnon. Was what didn't McKinnon wasn't was McKinnon was number one and didn't Panthers pick number two that year? Yep, Barkoff. 
It was Barkov. And is that the only two or is there one more? Why am I? One thinking? more. 2011. <clears throat> Landeskog was second. It was Landeskog. That's what I thought it was. John Huberto was third. Yeah. In that yeah. same draft. Uh, a friend of mine who's a Panthers fan just uh, reminds me of that, especially the McKinnon one, because he wasn't going to go there. Like they didn't, they were not going to take him. And they, they were all, they were set on Seth Jones. And if it was not for Patrick Waugh, who kind of stepped in and was like, I think we should go with this McKinnon kid. Um, he, who knows? I don't know. I don't know how much interest the Panthers had in, in McKinnon and who would have been number two. If it still would have been Barkov, I have no idea. Maybe you do. If, if you, you know, knew back then, if you heard things, but uh, McKinnon was, was not the guy until kind of the last couple of days. Pretty crazy mm. story. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's just, I love stuff like that. I absolutely love it because it's just, I love playing like the what if, game you know what i mean and and you do it all the time with drafts and guys yeah. that were taken right before and it, people do it all the time now with like seth curry because he went what i think I, I know like i think with the knicks and the knicks have just been awful for you know you know 50 years now um they i i can't remember if they they picked right before golden state or right after. I don't remember. If you want to look that up, go for it. I think it but, was, might have been right after. I can't remember. I, I, th- I think they had an opportunity to take him and they didn't. But whatever. It's just that's one of those things. Like that is a franchise changing moment. And uh, I, I mean, the Panthers have worked out OK. It's not like they missed out on Nathan McKinnon and, and they're, they haven't been able to recover from it. But yeah, you you think about that. And I just the other day, someone posted, someone redrafted the, the Kale McCarr draft. And they superimposed the jerseys on him and they had him in a Flyers uniform. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go throw up. I don't want to see that at all. But I love it. I love I love playing the what if game. Uh, we do you remember the story that came out of Philadelphia about uh, Ron Hextall and Kale McCarr? Do you, do you remember hearing? Oh, about yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember here. It was early, it was wasn't one that long ago that it came out, maybe like a, a month or two ago. Yeah, but, but what was yeah. the the details of it? I don't remember the, the specifics. Apparently, Ron Hextall wanted um, Kale McCarr, and then they ended up going with uh, Nolan Patrick. Yes, so yes, that, so he was that, kind and of that was the start of that was the start of some tension over there in Philadelphia. Yeah, and you wonder how much of that is true. I mean, you can always do the hindsight and like, did he really push for Kale McCarr, or did he say like, you know, he he wasn't as forceful like now. When you talk about it, you're just going to be like, I want to kill McCarr. Oh, like he, yeah. he was number one on my list. Of course. But back then, when the conversations were being had, was a little bit more like toned down and be like, yeah, we may maybe look into this Kale McCarr guy a little bit more than we are. You never know. You always yeah. kind of puff your chest out when you feel like you had the right answer all along. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? yeah I remember that draft. And like Nolan Patrick was kind of like the easy, sexy bet for that pick. Uh, Kale McCarr, you had to do a little bit more research and like, yeah, he had an incredible college career, but it's hindsight when it comes to that and yeah. what you're wanting. And especially now that Hextall's not in Philly, it's a lot easier to say yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. And it's funny because um, the success that the Colorado Avalanche have is it's mostly with without Bo and Byron. Of course, the Matt Duchesne trade to Ottawa works in the favor of um, of um Colorado at the time I mean I mean I feel for Bowen Byron because he's had a whole bunch of head injuries and he I remember him hearing him contemplating on whether he wanted to play hockey again mm-hmm. but still if you're if if Bo Byron is able to be consistently healthy there this is just 
continuing to just adding it's 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 a bonus to this roster for someone like Bo Byram. Yeah, and it's something that we've talked about many times with how this team's constructed with like being able to have a healthy Bo Byram. Um, that we're making a case for who's the healthy scratch night in, night out. Like that's that's like an evidence to the depth. And like, yes, Bo and Byram's healthy and active, and like going into this playoffs, you're still, especially when you have head injuries and like the concussion issues like he has, you still kind of grimace whenever he does take a hit. And like we said this numerous times this episode, but playoff hockey is a different animal. And you, you kind of worry about Bo Byram in the playoffs, but with the depth that we have, you know, it's going to be that next man up mentality, but you want to keep Bo all the way through because you know his potential and the talent that he brings to the team. Hmm. I, what I want to know is, you know, we're uh, playoffs right around the corner. Um, you know, guys get up for this. You, you, you guys, you know, that kind of are kind of are skating through the season, have, have a decent season, kind of just like get reinvigorated when the playoffs come around. Who's the, who's the guy for the Panthers that you're kind of looking at that could really kind of take off in the playoffs and kind of become maybe more of a household name? Because there's always those guys. There's always those guys that make those plays um, that you're not expecting them to. You're always expecting like your top line to do, you know, to, to play great. And they do. But there's always those depth guys and guys that kind of just like sneak in there and, and, and play great because it's the playoffs. Who's that for the Panthers? I'm going to say two people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is a name that many people know. It's his first ever time in the playoffs. He just scored his uh, 30th goal. That one's Sam Reinhart. Um, most of his mm-hmm. goals have been on the power play. Um, draft night, past midnight. Um, I think it was Pierre Lebrun who was the first who reported that they traded a uh, 2022 one and their seventh round pick um, prospect that they got the year before Devin Levi, who was a candidate for the Hobie Baker award uh, this past season um, went to Canada for the Olympics, didn't play, but his value like skyrocketed based on what he did in world juniors, winning the silver medal, losing to Spencer Knight um, in that very same world junior. So two Panthers prospects at the time, and then using that as ammunition to go get a Sam Reinhardt who now has uh, 30 goals and this one in this next one is a guy who it was the former GM of the Florida Panthers who made this trade to get him from Toronto. Um, and he's a guy who he is a guy who's going to get paid this offseason. And it's not mm-hmm. going to be by the Florida Panthers because their salary cap uh, implications. And that's Mason Marchment. Um, that one uh, is a, he's a he's on the third line playing that left wing. Um, the last few games, he's been on the top six um, based on maintenance days for like Carter Hagee and all but mason marchment he's just all effort all the time um he's always uh go going near the boards he's always like making that big hit in the neutral zone to create a, a turnover going the other way and mason marchment it, it was a trade for dennis mulgan and dennis mulgan only only played eight total games for the toronto maple Leafs, and now he's no longer in the nhl so that it was a great trade by uh dale talon at the time um uh, at the 2020 trade deadline um but who would have thought that um, this this guy was going to explode the way he would on the Panthers? He won an AHL championship, the Calder um, championship with uh, Toronto, the Toronto Marlies. Um, he's an alum of the Orlando Solar Bears, the local hockey team that I have here in Orlando. <laughs> um, so so it's funny because I probably seen Mason Marchment play before, but I just didn't really know who he was at that yeah. time. So 
so it's crazy to think that I, it, I wish I had re- recollection of like the exact games that I went to to see like how he did in the game that I went to. How's what, what's uh, Thornton up to? Uh, he doesn't play every single night, but yeah. I think he'll be playoff ready. And I think that's the purpose of this. Um, the fourth line gets juggled so often. Um, sometimes you'll have a Ryan Lomberg in there. Sometimes you'll have a Nolachari out there. But I think if desperate times come for desperate measures and you need um, that veteran presence in there, I think there's going to come a point where he's going to start in the in the latter part of the series and then just um, not lose his spot in the lineup. Um, okay after that so i think he's gonna probably start a first round series series like not um being scratched but likely um playing towards the latter latter part especially if they especially if they're down um that's that's my thoughts on joe thornton okay i gotta i mean if if they do meet in the final or if the as get eliminated early before the final i i mean everybody's gonna be rooting for that to happen come on let's get real here i think this is my opinion Mm-hmm. If the Panthers win the Stanley Cup, after after Barkov is the first one to lift the Stanley Cup, I think oh. the next one should be Joe Thornton. Yeah. Oh, it, it is it is gonna be Ray, a Ray Bork moment easily. Like, yeah, easily. Um, and then I I don't want to know like about the good side. We know your team is a good team, so I don't need to hear about that. We've heard about that all year long. What's the weakness? So when we when when we eventually meet up in the Stanley Cup final <laughs> and it's game one, what can the Avalanche exploit? The those little cracks in the armor of the Florida Panthers. What is it or what are they? I mean, it, the obvious is the goaltending um as well um for, for the Panthers. Um it's funny because um Sergey Borowski is tied for the top in wins but we all know um, but i always tell people that wins are a team stat not a individual stat um but just if they're able to play the solid defense around around them um even before the game against the tampa bay lightning they were in a six or seven game span they were not allowing that many goals and they weren't allowing that many shots on the goalie as well so a lot of people don't give enough credit to the defense um, in front of in front of Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight as, as well. Um, it's been so much better, um, and they're blocking shots more often. Um, Sunday's game was a little bit of a dud, um, but we're we're but they're moving on past it. They 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 don't seem to be bothered by that loss on Sunday. I'm not I'm not. I was just annoyed for a few minutes, and then okay, it's time to move on. All right. I'm looking up there. Who they got? What's the remaining schedule? Who they got left? At Boston, and then a back-to-back at Montreal and Ottawa. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's yours. You, you, you what, guys a, got it. what a tough stretch. <laughs> I think I think you guys have that wrapped up. So, um, what else? you got? Anything else, Kyle? Or no? I'm I'm honestly I'm after the multiple matchups that we've had this year and just the trajectory of the two teams. I'm looking forward to this like eventual like meetup if it does happen. Like, and it's both teams, honestly, there's not really, even with the history, like meeting back in that cup of 96, it's there's no real bad blood. And it's especially after yeah. that last, I remember the last game we had, uh, me and Chris before we recorded, we're like, I wish we could see a seven game series Dude. against this Florida Panthers team. That game, the, the first game, Throw it out the window. It was so yeah. early in the season. 
that was that was uh you know the abs first uh, road trip of the season you know florida florida clean their clock you know in that game nate, nate mckinnon didn't have a shot on goal in that game i think that was like his first game with a shot on goal in like you know a hundred and something games and i remember you know? uh i will say that there was a goalie interference called miko rantanen that shouldn't have been called a goalie interference um that he was not so happy about and he had every right to 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 be I'll upset have to go back that. and watch that i I, yeah. I move there's a few games from this season that i've just exited from my memory mm-hmm. uh and that first one against the florida panthers is one of them but the second game between yes. those two was epic. Wow, uh, th- in December, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. much later. Um, there, there's been a handful of games that the Avalanche have played that will probably be thought of as like the game of the year. For me, it's that one. That yeah, yeah. it was in December, but my God, was that like a playoff game? It was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. you say that when 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 a East Coast team plays a West Coast team, you're like, oh, I'd love to see seven games of this. 100% true between Florida and, and Colorado, because if we get seven games of that, that would be the most exhilarating Stanley Cup final in a very, very long time. So mm-hmm. I'm looking and, forward to it. And I signaled uh, for the people on the podcast feed. I did this with my with my with my hand on my chest. That was me signaling that my heart will probably rip out of my chest and my heartbeat will be like <laughs> at a million miles an hour. I mean, yeah. I'm not wearing my Apple Watch right now. Um, so yeah. Um, it, I could just <laughs> look at the beat, the beat, um, the heart rate, uh, yeah, it, it would minute. call nine one one for you. Basically. Yeah. So <laughs> th- that'll probably be me. I mean, I went through three overtime games in 2016 against the New York Islander, double overtime games. Um, they lost all three of them and my heart was just racing and a little story of, about 2016 when I was still living in the region, I purchased tickets for game seven before game six started against the New York Islanders, they were playing at the Barclays center. If they won the Florida Mm -hmm. Panthers would um, be hosting a game seven. Trocek was tripped. It wasn't called John Tavares scores um, the tying goal and then the game winner and no game seven. Do you have tickets uh, already secured for round round one or or not yet? Once I know a date, once I know a date, um, I, 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 this is just something about me is like, if I don't know the, an exact date of a, of a game yet, regardless of game number, I can't buy tickets to anything. I need to know an exact date because I'm, I'm a, I'm a planner like that. So okay. All right. once I know the exact date, um, what you're I'll in make plans. All right. All right, man. Well, uh, yeah. Playoffs right around the corner. Both our teams are set up nice to, to make a, a good run. So, um, if they do make it, uh, I think we'll have a couple more crossovers in our future uh, when and if that happens. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, it, it, it's a good rivalry. I mean, there is some history. It's a rivalry where it's not there's no hatred or anything like that. It's just, yeah, they, they have a, a brief history together. And I think as even though that happened 26 years ago, I think there's some, you know, even nobody that's, you know, uh, playing now maybe even remembers when that happened but there's some you know revenge maybe wanted there by from from a franchise point of view for the for the florida panthers so yeah i have um, a feeling there will be rats yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the year that was the year uh yeah man good luck in the playoffs and uh again if if we both make it as far as we want to go uh we'll do this again a few times during that that Stanley Cup final. 
absolutely so, and uh for my listeners tell them where they can find you guys online uh yeah well you i, I usually tweet from the the show's twitter page lopn underscore avalanche kyle and his wonderful twitter twitter handle is you can find me at Shaggy Von Doom there you go. everywhere you look. <laughs> and for the people on the Colorado Avalanche feed, they can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And one more thing for people on the Panthers feed is Chris Maselli is the Thursday host of Locked On NHL. So if you want to yes. go uh, hear more of what Chris is, has, um, Chris's takes on the league as a, as a whole, not only check chris out on thursdays but check out locked on nhl every single day now i do host that locked on nhl thursdays with adam denker of locked on lightning is that going to turn off any uh florida panther fans <laughs> want to tune into that i hope not it's a fun yeah. show we do their power rankings every thursday so tune in it's good so all right everybody thank you for tuning in for this special crossover number one seed crossover show and uh like i said maybe we'll meet up again uh in the near future so thank you armando uh for for doing this and crossing over he is uh armando velez of locked on panthers mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan and myself chris maselli of locked on avalanche thank you everybody for tuning in and uh we'll see you guys tomorrow go abs go